0: Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We are going to begin in verse 10. We've been looking at spiritual warfare, subtitled more than conquerors. And you know what? We need to do something about that. Amen? A conqueror isn't one that just sits there and says, oh, I hope it all works out. Amen? (laughs) Okay? Conqueror is one that goes out there and conquers. They've been given a job to do and they do that job. Amen? And we have been given a job to do. And we need to learn how to do it. You know, the Romans, they trained their soldiers. Man, I mean, they put them through vigorous training. And you know what? The type of training you go through is what equips you for battle. Did you hear what I said? Amen? So, it's not just the sword and the shield and everything else that they're given. That's your equipment. If you don't have inner strength, then... The first time that you see somebody rushing towards you, you run the other way. Amen. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So it's not just... And we, we can train you in how to fight and everything else, but if you're freaking out on the inside, no matter how much you know, you're going to be running. And there's no armor in the back generally. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. All the armor is for you to go into the fight, not to run away from it. Alright, so, having said that, we are looking first of all at how to be strong in the Lord. Amen? And so let me just read here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. The Apostle Paul writing says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So, I want to take some time with this because if you are not strong in the Lord and the power of His might, You won't even put on the armor. It's all been given to you. It's all been forged by God. It is flawless. And you won't put it on. Do you know why? Because you're too busy running. Amen. Are you all here? So we need to stand and fight. We need to have something inside of us that allows us to stand there. And we need the scriptures to do it. We need to know that God is on your side. That's Romans 8.31 by the way. all right. If ever there's a question, no, He's on your side. If ever there's a problem, uh, Pastor Emily shared this with you this morning. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Overcomes the world means the world is trying to do that to you, and you are winning. You are fighting back, and you are winning. Amen? Alright, so, in Ephesians chapter 1. Can you please turn there? Ephesians... Chapter 1 now and verse 19. So he says, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. We need to pay special attention to the words power and might. First, the word power in the Greek means demonstrative, eruptive, tangible power. Did you get that? Demonstrative, which means it's not just something on the inside that you can't see, that you never see a manifestation of. It is a power that is demonstrable. It's there to see. Alright, the next thing is, it's eruptive. Have you ever seen a volcano? There's no way you can put a cork on that. That's the kind of power that is inside of you. This is what the word power is. Okay, and it's tangible. Now, you know, we see that in the way that Jesus laid hands on the sick. Lepers just were healed top to bottom. The dead were raised. I mean, there was tangible power. When there was a storm, he would stand up and say, Peace be still. There was tangible power. Something happened and it says there was a great calm. Do you understand? So that power is tangible. And we need to understand that this isn't just some kind of hypothetical power, it is power that changes things. Can you amen on that? Okay? And not just spiritual things, but natural things as well. That's the reason why Second Corinthians chapter four, verse eighteen, says Don't look at the things that are seen because they are subject to change. This power changes them. And that's the reason why we're not to look at what's seen, but what is unseen. What is unseen is what you desire. What is unseen is what God is saying. I know it looks bad, but I've got something better for you. I see you overcoming. I see you seated at my right hand. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen? And it says here again, it means demonstrative, eruptive, tangible power that when it begins to operate in us, immediately seeks an avenue to be released so that it might demonstrate itself. It's looking to get out. Interesting, isn't it? So much of the time we're trying to get it out. We, we, see, it's all in your mind. It's how you perceive something. If you think it's hard... Brain science time. Let me give you one, just give me two minutes, okay? Just quickly. They have found, and I know I've said this to you before, but this is relevant right now. They have found that we operate in our conscious mind at about 2,000 actions per second. In your not unconscious, but your non-conscious mind. The part that you're not conscious of. That's constantly operating. It never shuts down, by the way. Do you know what uh, rate that, that thing operates at? Are you ready for this? They have clocked it at 400 billion actions per second. Do you hear what I said? 400 billion actions per second. Now, that's a lot by the way, if you don't know your numbers. Okay, so (laughs) what they found was very interesting. When you take something from your conscious mind at your 2,000 actions per second, and you meditate on it, you think about it, you confess it to yourself, you look at it, What happens is, it transfers over a period of about 21 days to 63 days, and I don't have time to get into that, into your non-conscious mind. Once the thing transfers into that, then you stop trying to be something, and you become that. Because what they found was, even though your conscious mind is the avenue through which your non-conscious mind receives information, Once the non-conscious mind receives it, then it overrides the conscious mind. Interesting, isn't it? And so, if you train yourself to be strong in the Lord, then as soon as something comes against you, your non-conscious mind, that 400 billion actions per second, kicks in. And before your conscious, watch this, before your conscious mind has a chance to freak out, hear what I'm saying, right? (laughs) Your non-conscious mind kicks in, overrides it, and say, no, we're not doing that. Now can I tell you the other thing? If you put garbage in, things that take your faith away from you, and things that just rob you of what God has given you. Don't allow that stuff in, please. I'm just telling you. All right, anyway. If you listen to that stuff, (laughs) what's interesting is you might think that you're going to do well in a bad situation. And when you get into it, you know what? The switch will flip. And what you think you can do won't be what you do. It will be what you've trained yourself to do that will kick in. And that 400 billion actions per second will kick in and you will freak out. Alright, so understand this. You need to know, you need to take that 2,000 actions per second and put this information in. You need to say, you know what? God is waiting to release this power through me. It's not that he is not empowering me. I'm the hindrance. Now, what do I need to do to get it going? Amen. And you know what? All you have to do is just let God be God. Stop trying to be God. What do you mean by that? Okay, let me explain. Sometimes we don't only exercise faith, but we try to make the manifestation happen as well. I've said to you over and over again, faith is your part manifestation is god's part amen you believe he'll do the work but you need to be strong you need to do the things that you need to do and there is a fight and the fight is on many levels on many planes don't ever allow somebody to tell you oh it's just in your mind or it's just here it's just there no it's on a lot of different planes There are spiritual things that can come against you. There are things in your mind that can entrap you and stop you from going in the right direction and thinking the right thoughts. Amen. There are things physically that can come against you. It's hard to be strong in the Lord and the power of His wife. Man, you've got a headache. And your body aches and everything is like, I didn't feel very strong today. (laughs) Okay. Who knows what I'm talking about. I mean, it's on every level, family. So you need to fight battles on every level. And we need to learn how to be strong on every level. Okay, that's the reason why you need to come to church, man. Because I'm I'm trying to give it to you on all the different levels. It takes a while. Amen. Okay. (laughs) Let's move on. In short, this isn't some hypothetical power, but power that is visible to the natural human eye, and therefore perfect for proving the existence of God in the supernatural. One of the greatest ways that you can prove God is there. Heal somebody. I mean, you can argue till your teeth fall out. It won't change until you lay hands on the sick. They recover, they go, okay, talk to me, I'm listening. See, this is what made Jesus different. He didn't just stand there and talk and talk and talk. In fact, He healed them all. Then they were listening. If you follow the Gospels carefully, you watch, He'll start healing people and then they'll turn up in droves to hear the word. They want to know what's behind this. We know, in fact, Nicodemus put it really well. We said, we know you're you're sent from God because only somebody from God can do the things that you do, the works that you do. So that is what the enemy has been trying to stop the body of Christ stepping into. Because once we step into that, there's no more argument. You can argue for 10 minutes, I'll heal you in two. Let's talk after that and see how we go. Amen! End of story. You might say, well, hang on a second. What about those people that don't have faith? Do you remember the... They're called gifts of the Spirit. They're really not. They're manifestations of the Spirit. Do you remember the manifestations of the Spirit, the nine of them? Do you know one of them is healing? One of them is faith? Do you know those, those are gifts of healing and gifts of faith? Not that every believer shall lay hands on the sick and re- recover. That is a gift. The difference, can I give you this now? Are you all ready? Get this please. The difference is this. When you are praying for believers and they're receiving it, you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. When you're dealing with a difficult situation where the person is not going to believe, you need the gift of faith to override a couple of things. Not their will, their unbelief. See, they can be (laughs) willing, but not believe. They want to be healed, but I don't think this is going to work. That's where the gift of faith and the gift of healings kicks in. Do you hear what I'm saying? And we need to learn how to walk in that and understand that when we're praying that, it doesn't matter what they're believing, so to speak. What matters now is, do they want it or not? And if they do, we're going to force that door open and get this into you. I've done that with one or two people. It's, it's hard. Because you put your hands on them, and you know, oh yeah, go ahead. You know, I've had everybody in the door put their hands on my head and pray, but you have a shot at it, and let's see what happens. Is what's going through their mind. You know, Like I said, knowing what they're thinking, sometimes it's a hindrance. Sometimes it helps, so I know how to minister to you guys, but other times, I tell you what, you, know, you just want to take your hands off. Your head. Just go sit down. It's okay. Don't worry about it. No, okay? <laughs> you don't do stuff like that. that you know, and I remember this individual and I know that's what they were thinking. And it's worse when they're a relative. And you know, this snooty little kid, I know you from when you were running around in diapers, you know. Anyway, and now you want to lay hands on me. And anyway, okay. And I just remember, I, I laid my hands on this individual, and God said, this is what's going on. I said, did you really have to tell me? And he said, you need to exercise your faith on a different level. And I said, oh, okay. And so, I mean, I, I had to push against a barrier. And the Lord said, push through. And so I did. I prayed. This is the power of His might. Are you catching on to this? Okay, I prayed. And I I, I don't know what I prayed. Because God prays through me. Who knows? I, you know, At the end, I go, what did I say? You know? But anyway, I knew it was strong. And suddenly, felt the switch clicked from off to on. Something happened. And I thought, ooh, the power is flowing now. Hallelujah. And needless to say, that person got healed. Praise God. You know what the problem was? The problem was in me. If I knew more of this, had I put all of this in, it would have flowed a lot quicker and a lot easier. Jesus didn't have these problems. I know it says in his own hometown, they wouldn't believe and all that sort of stuff. Okay, Like I said, if they don't have faith in God or they're rejecting the messenger, like really rejecting the messenger, then there's a problem. Because wills are involved now. Do you understand? And God won't ever override a will. Like I said, if they're willing then this is available. Alright, let's move on. That's just a little side trip. Back to this. When the Apostle Paul used this word, when he said to be strong in the Lord, the Ephesian church immediately understood what it meant because he had already used it earlier on in the book. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe? What is the exceeding greatness of His power Exceeding greatness of His power. Please get that. Toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. One commentator wrote this. The very same, exact, identical kind of power that God used when He raised Jesus from the dead is the very same exact identical power that is now at work in us. This is the strongest stream of power that is known in the universe. In fact, the power is so supreme that in Scripture it is only used in reference to God's power. Man does not possess this kind of power unless it has been given to him by God. Did you get all of that? See, there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, all the self-helps and uh, I'm empowering myself and yada, 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 you know. (laughs) Okay, all of that stuff is good and all and I'm sure it does something for you. Especially when we understand the relationship with your conscious and your non-conscious mind. Do you understand? And there are things that you can release inside of yourself. God made you in His image and likeness. You need to understand that you inherently have some very powerful things at work in you. He didn't make a messed up work. It was a good work. Do you know that it's basically about 5% in our, in our being that got messed up physically? No, not spiritually, because we died spiritually, alright? But in our physical being, the things that messed up was about 5%. 95% is still right. But when, when you think about that, you begin to realize, yeah, of course, otherwise we wouldn't be standing up and talking. Amen? Yeah, some of us might have glasses or little things, that's our 5%. So there isn't a lot wrong with you that needs to be fixed. That's the revelation I want to give you. And you need to use God's power and allow it and release it in your life so that He can look after that 5%. Because if you neglect that 5%, it will become a lot more. Can I get amen on that? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? There are people out there today that are suffering all kinds of sicknesses and diseases because they allowed that 5% to just grow and grow and grow. It's like not mowing your lawn, you know what I'm saying? After a while, you don't need a lawnmower anymore, you need shears because it's so high. <laughs> Remember when we moved into our home at Granville? Oh my lord. Uh nobody had mowed the back lawn, and it was like up to here, okay, like up to my waist. And I tried to mow that thing with the lawnmower. I had to do it in tiny bits. And I didn't know what was running around in there. There were things moving in there. The grass moved when I wasn't there. And I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm looking at how far away it is from me. And I'm wondering, do I mow that or do I run away? Hey, I didn't know all this stuff back then, okay? That was hard. And that's what happens to people's lives. After a while, it's so overgrown and we don't know what's running around in there. And then we want somebody to come there, lay hands on you and just do everything all in one swipe. And if it doesn't work well, Where is God? You know, God will do miracles. That's what a miracle is. It's just, I'm just saying, can can we be a little bit more responsible? Amen? Amen. Okay. All right. Let's move on. And this power doesn't come to us in order to sit idly by and do nothing. It is there to help us stand against the deeds of darkness. The kingdom of darkness. We are meant to oppose it. Not watch it and have all the experts go oh well this is what's happening now and we just have to accept it please don't and don't be rude and tell them no I don't believe I don't receive what you say don't do that stuff to people okay they don't know what you're on about now you know it's enough you need to learn inside of yourself to know okay this is temporary this is where things are at the moment not forever have I taught you enough to say that Okay, So you be gracious with the information they're giving you. You say thank you, but that doesn't mean you receive it. You walk away, and then you start your fight. You know what to fight now. Maybe you didn't know before. Now you can put a name on it, and you know the name that is above every name. And in the name of Jesus, you take whatever that is and say, I cast you to the ground, I call you dead, I call you inactive in my life. You do that, sweetheart let it take 21 days keep at it don't quit you know the doctor says now take these pills one a day for six months you'll set your alarm and take the darn thing God says confess the scripture after two days we going. oh I'm so tired of confessing the scripture I don't know why this isn't working for me wow that's a shock if you did that with your medication you never get well amen and that thing is only a temporary fix This thing will do all kinds of amazing things to you. Anyway, (laughs) let us move on. So it is here to help us stand against the deeds of darkness, and to help us carry the heavy armor of God that we so desperately need in our fight against the wiles of the devil. Alright, so this power is required to carry this armor, and to use this armor as well. Do you understand? Amen? I have to give you this scripture. In the Old Testament, in Zechariah chapter 10, and verse 12, God Himself says this. Please take this to heart. Are you ready? God says, I will strengthen them in the Lord. And they shall walk up and down His name, says the Lord. If you allow Him, He will do what is necessary in your life. Amen? As much as the Apostle Paul is saying, be strong, there is an Old Testament scripture that parallels it, that God is saying, I'll make you strong, but you need to agree with me. Amen. Are you getting this? Both sides of the coin, so you know you don't have to beg. He already is on board with this. He just needs your agreement. But that's not all the Apostle Paul goes on to say again in the latter half of, of verse 10. He says, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Let's look at the word might. The word might conveys the picture of an incredibly strong man, like a bodybuilder who is mighty with great muscular capabilities. And what the Apostle Paul does is apply this incredible picture, not to some hypothetical superhuman being, but to God himself. Simply because he knew that there would be no one more powerful than God. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> you know? We see God as loving and everything. If him and Arnold Schwarzenegger... I love you, Arnie. But if him and Arnold Schwarzenegger, okay? You know, if there was a competition, there wouldn't be one. You could take the person with the greatest muscular body that the planet has to offer. Hercules! No, okay? Whoever. But anyway. And put him next to God. Are you kidding? So what the Apostle Paul is saying is that all that God is... And all the power He possesses and all the energy of His muscular and mighty ability is what energizes the demonstrative, eruptive, tangible power that is now at work in all those who have been empowered by His Spirit. Amen? This is about having God in you. This is about the Spirit of God empowering you. And family, whatever it is in your life, you know, it can be from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. You don't need to shift the orbit of planets or anything like that. Okay, don't worry about all that stuff. Your iron doesn't work. Your washing machine quits on you. You know, things just, just naughty things. Things that you're driving and the car overheats or, you know, suddenly you hit a big puddle of water and all the lights come on. You know what I'm trying to say? All the little red lights down the bottom. That says, we're quitting now. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye. Engine has left the building. <laughs> you, know? Okay. You, know? you know what I'm trying to say? That happened to me, man. I was driving. Just recently, you know, we had so much rain. And I was driving. And you can't see sometimes where there's a hole. Because the way the water reflects. And if there's enough rain, you just can't tell. And I, and I was in a little bit of a hurry to get somewhere. And I hit... This massive puddle of water, and it just whooshed up into my engine. It went in there. All my little ca- lights came on. And all I thought was God, and they all went off, and I kept driving. <laughs> Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. That's when you need it. And you know what I did for the rest of the way? I didn't say, Oh, how lucky I was. I said, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm not stupid. I knew it was Him. I knew God just did something there. Amen. That's how you leave the door open. Truly, for the rest of the trip, I was just having a prayer session. I just said, oh, thank you. I wasn't weird, okay? I was like, oh, hallelujah. Okay, Don't do that when you're driving. You crash. Amen. <laughs> okay. I mean, I was driving, and in my heart, I was dancing. I was just, hallelujah, thank you, God. And you know what the devil says? Ah, yeah. that was. I said, shut up. You are the one that tried to stop the car. See, as soon as God intervenes, you know what He'll say? Oh, you were just lucky. Don't ever let Him say that junk to you. Because you know what He's trying to do? Listen to me. Can I give you some revelation? He sets a trap. God delivers you, and He says, Oh, no, no, that was nothing. So that He can set the next trap, and maybe He'll get you the next time. But if he sets the trap, and God delivers you, and you praising God, he'll think twice about setting another trap. Because he now becomes responsible for you praising God. That's not in his job description. He's not there to help us get to God, no matter what some other preachers might preach. Because his end is in the, the lake of fire. That's not a reward for somebody that helped the church get somewhere. Amen? He has a bad end coming, and he knows it. Battle of Armageddon. Explain that to me. If they're such good pals. Amen. That stuff doesn't make sense and it doesn't follow through and it's just junk. It's excuses that people make up for their own lack of faith. It's easier to blame God, you know, than to blame yourself. I'm just saying. If I do something dumb, it's not God testing me. I did something dumb. Now, I need his help to get out. <laughs> okay? There's no testing there. There's just stupidity. I'm very clear about those things. And that's what allows God to work in my life. Amen. I have run out of time. We will go to verse 11 next week. Amen. I have finished verse 10 today. Okay? Sorry, what was that? Yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, verse 11 says <laughs> hey, you know, okay. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Let me just introduce it. It's your fault. Blame him. In the car park, you can do whatever you want. You can then bring him in for healing. Okay, I know I have run out of time. All right. He says, says, put on the whole armor of God. You know, that is repeated in verse 13. Do you know why he has repeated himself? Because Christians don't take it up. So we are going to talk about that next time we come back. Amen. It is up to you to put on your armor. It's been given to you. You have been blessed with it. It has been delivered to your doorstep, so to speak. It's time for you to open that package up and use what is in there. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed, and we will pick it up there next time.